Touchdown, Kansas City! This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. The final score doesn't matter. The win doesn't matter. But everybody looked like they stayed pretty healthy, and a lot of things went pretty well for the Chiefs. Welcome into the Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe, in with you for the show this evening. We're going to hear from everybody who talks out at uh, at Arrowhead, and we'll take some calls later on as well, 913-3810-810. If you want to line up early, we'll get to them sooner rather than later, maybe later rather than sooner. We'll get to you eventually. But we've got to talk about a few of the things that come out of this game tonight. I feel like there are a handful of very clear takeaways. Even though we didn't get to see much of the first teams, it's an early preseason game. That's no surprise. But the things we did get to see from the first team defense and from the first team offense, I would say are pretty telling and maybe not terribly surprising. The the first the first thing that I think you've got to be looking at after this game tonight, is what the defense did, what the first-team defense did in its very small sample size because it was the debut of that defense going up against a team in a different uniform. And we've seen them struggle up in St. Joe pretty much, I would say, the majority of the time. There have been some days where the defenses look good, and most of those days have been days that uh, Frank Clark and Alex Okafor have looked good, especially Frank Clark, and neither of those guys played tonight. So it wasn't really, really the first-team defense because those guys weren't out there. You saw starts from Tano Passanio and Breland Speaks. They have back-to-back sacks towards the end of the first half. That gives me great joy. Tano Passanio uh, had a couple of nice moments throughout the night. Speaks predominantly had that one. Those are the things you look for in a preseason game, and I think the Chiefs would have fared very well against the Bengals over the course of a full actual regular season game. There, there was just there was no threat offensively from the Bengals, even as the defense was not great. I, I had no there's no threat of them keeping up with the Chiefs offensively. And maybe maybe if I was a more glass half full person, we'd start with the offense. I'll give you a taste. I'll give you this. And if you're going, man, I don't know, I feel. I feel crummy about that defense, and I don't really want Josh to start off making me feel bad tonight. All right, fine. This offense is really, really, really good, and it's going to be really, really good. And right now on the TVs in front of me, they're replaying the McCole Hardman touchdown. And this offense, I thought this before tonight's game, but I'm going to stick with my guns now. I think this offense is going to be better this year than it was last year as a whole. Don't tell. This is going to be our little secret. The whole NFL is going to find out week one, week two, week three. This offense is going to be incredible. With that little move you saw from McCole Hardman, uh, it's it's very clear to me that there's another element they're going to be able to go to without going to Tyree Kill in that regard. So um, that's, that's clearly the, the place to start. Uh, if you're going to be an optimist. The place that you start pessimistically is to dig into this defense, and, and we'll we'll do that now. Again, if you want to 
uh, want to get in on the show, 913-3810-810. Or you can text in 913-912-4810, 913-912-4810. I'll keep an eye on those as well. Um, but w- with the defense, again, even understanding that all there are a lot of different things that you can use as as things to couch why it's not like panic mode. And it's not panic mode, to be clear. No Frank Clark, no Alex Okafor, no complex blitzes. I don't even think we are seeing what the actual starting defense is going to be personnel-wise. Dan Sorensen got out there and ends up scooping up that that, uh, fumble that ended up not being a fumble and has possession, puts it back on the ground. That's the image I have from Dan Sorensen tonight, is, is fumbling a ball that the defense had already picked up once. I think Juan Thornhill is going to end up being the, the, this team's second starting safety next to Tyron Matthew once week one actually gets here. I don't feel better about that tonight than I did before tonight, but I still hold to that belief. And again, the ends are not going to be Breland Speaks and Tano Passigno week one, barring a couple of really serious injuries to Clark and Okafor. However, the Bengals come out tonight, convert a, a bunch of first downs, and two of them were by throwing right into the middle of the defense, right between Reggie Ragland and Darren Lee, and that's something to keep an eye on. I, I know very early Anthony Hitchens got pulled. He was out there at the beginning of the game, but but he was not out there for very long, and that is understandable. But looking at Lee and Ragland out there in passing situations, that's where Darren Lee belongs, and he played late into this game. I think I saw him out there in the third quarter. That's not a wonderful sign, and maybe those are just a couple of guys that Spagnuolo wants to see continually get work in the system and all of that, but that's something to keep an eye on. They don't want to have Reggie Ragland out there in obvious passing situations pretty much ever, so I don't know if that's going to be something we're going to have to continually deal with, but it's something to keep an eye on in that moment. It happened again soon after those two first down conversions, and it wasn't for a first down, but it's clearly a soft spot that, that Andy Dalton's looking around and finding in that defense. Again, nothing special there, nothing that Spagnuolo was trying to confuse Andy Dalton with, but as a, as a metric of just straight up this offense, straight up this defense— that was a weak point that was shown multiple times. Uh, and also, we're going to get you Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes whenever we hear them at the podium. I don't know if that's close or if we're hearing anything out there. I don't know if there are any rumblings in the locker room. Um, but we will, as soon as we hear uh, blips coming down the radar, we'll head out there and, uh, and bring you those guys live. Maybe somebody else will speak. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind hearing from McCole Hardman. He's been an interesting chat out at training camp and had a nice game tonight. So maybe we hear from him. And if not, we'll hear from a bunch of guys from the locker room later on as well. Um, so uh, also defensively, something to note and something that, that concerned me a little bit. We saw Trevarius Ward out there for a little bit of time. Longer than, than, you know, Anthony Hitchens, but he wasn't out there for a long time. They got to the second-team defensive backs relatively quickly, which makes sense because you want to see basically that entire defensive backfield get rotated through as the Chiefs are trying to find their depth. There, there are real competitions to be had in there. That's where Fields and Wade and, and a bunch of those guys are all competing for a couple of spots at the bottom of that depth chart. Even after they make the trade for Mo Claiborne, who obviously didn't play tonight because they just traded for him, might not play next week and will not be playing through the first four weeks of the NFL season because of his suspension, 
They need to find somebody who could get thrown into the fire in an emergency situation through those first four weeks. And really, somebody that you could identify as a project that might develop like Traverius Ward did last year. But I, I said this, you know, going into the, the, the Mo Claiborne trade that we saw. I think Traverius Ward has, is probably on the shakiest ground uh, of the three starters that could lose time to Claiborne. He got beat a couple of times tonight. Uh, third down, down at the boundary, and, and that's not a great look. And then also uh, downfield later on as well. Um, he just needed to get his head around on that uh, on that touchdown. He just needed to get his head around. He, he looked like he didn't know where the ball was in that moment. He's undersized in that matchup, so he's got to be, again, playing the ball there. And even in good position, even having his feet at the right spot, Lower body was doing everything right in, in that situation, but he, he just didn't get around there, and it, and it, made, him, it made him look silly because it looked like he didn't know that the ball was there. So keeping an eye on that is going to be really important going forward as well. Um, the play with Bashad Breeland, while we're talking about the cornerbacks here, and, and we're not gonna, I'm not going to go play-by-play play through the entire game, but this defense, this is an important place to be starting. Bashad Breeland had the nice play, and I saw some people you know, tweeting about it in a celebratory way. Early on, where, where he gets beat a little bit and then recovers and knocks the ball out of the air, he did save a touchdown, but it was of his own creation, and then a better quarterback lets that actually be a touchdown, even with the recovery that he had. That was on Andy Dalton. It was underthrown by a few steps, which you just can't afford to do whenever you get that kind of space. It's not a lot of space in a normal human world, but it's a lot of space whenever you're talking about separation between an NFL cornerback and an NFL receiver. So that's all noteworthy and, and, and you know, a recovery there from Bashad Breland, but not something that makes me especially excited long term. It's, it's fine. And maybe that's all the Chiefs are going to need from a cornerback position this year. They might just need fine because I think that the safety spot has improved so much. That pass rush and that front seven has improved a lot. The linebacker group is mostly me trusting Steve Spagnolo, but I, I think that this defense has improved in so many places on a personnel standpoint and everywhere from a defensive standpoint. The cornerback spot's going to be the thing to keep an eye on. But man, if if you find Tom Brady in December or January. And it would be hopefully we're talking about January. They they do they do play the Patriots this year in the regular season at Foxborough again. But you find those elite quarterbacks. If Traverius Ward gets beat frequently, if Mo Claiborne gets beat frequently, Bashad Breeland gives up that kind of space like he did there on that should be touchdown from tonight, you're gonna hear those names a lot. And then it's gonna be on the pass rush, which again I cannot say I I cannot say this frequently enough. On a pass rush that, that today didn't have Frank Clark or Alex Okafor or Chris Jones, honestly. I Honestly, I'm not even sure if he was active tonight. I don't know. If he was, it was for as long as Anthony Hitchens was, which was about a minute and a half. Um, less than that, probably. But without all of those guys, Derek Nottie, by the way, did get some playing time tonight and looked really good for a guy that will be a part of this defense and, and almost certainly this first-team defense. He got quite a bit of playing time as a young guy and looked pretty good doing it. We can talk about him a little bit more later on as well. But I'm, I'm afraid right now, my, my sort of long-term concern is that if this, 
if this cornerback room is a weakness, we're going to see top-level quarterbacks attacking it pretty consistently. That's my biggest concern here. I don't know how you could have anything other than, than tremendous concern there. Offensively, to just let's give a let's give ourselves a bit of respite. Offensively, we got a glimpse at Patrick Mahomes. We got a glimpse at the first team offense. We got Mahomes to Travis Kelsey downfield on that little kind of downfield wheel route thing that was pretty cool for 30-some yards. It was a perfect throw, the kind of throw that if Andy Dalton would have made up against Bashad Breeland would have been a touchdown for the, for the Bengals. A perfect throw there. Mahomes to Kelsey. Mahomes to Sammy Watkins. Mahomes to Blake Bell. All yards after the catch there for Blake Bell. And then the, the free play that Mahomes got a shot at. We will go play-by-play play through this because we had very little time. But that that shot there to Yelder in the end zone, it ended up being incomplete, but it didn't cost him because there was an offside on the Bengals that Mahomes clearly saw before the you know, right at that snap. Hand it off, then Mahomes scrambles. Would have been a touchdown in a regular season game. He slides because it's the preseason. No problem with that choice by him. And then ends up uh, trying to go to, to Anthony Sherman. It was completed for nothing. It bizarre. Um, and then the touchdown to Carlos Hyde. That offense will be able to do that in the regular season because even though, even though opposing defenses will be getting a little more complicated, this offense has a lot more to show. The, maybe the two most electric plays of the night, at least non-Mahomes division, was the, uh, the little pitch that was technically a passing touchdown to McCole Hardman. We saw that play last year, and we've seen that play happen out at training camp a little bit. Uh, Nate Taylor of The Athletic said on Twitter, I think the phrase was, that's a real play there. And, and we will continue to see that. And it, it might be Tyree Kill a few times, but it's going to be McCole Hardman a few times also. And being able to have, first of all, we're going to see both of those guys go in motion a couple of times this year. Being able to put uh, McCole Hardman and Tyree Kill in motion at the same time is going to be impossible for opposing defenses to deal with. But even just being able to have one of them moving while the other one stays split out wide is going to be unbelievable for Andy Reid to work with because there has to be so much respect given to this first-team offense with the weapons that it has, not even mentioning Patrick Mahomes. If Chad Henney was out there running an offense that has everything that can be done with McCole Hardman and with Tyreek Hill and with Travis Kelsey, that alone would be extremely powerful. But you're seeing it all happen, not just with the cannon of Patrick Mahomes, but the understanding of this offense that Patrick Mahomes clearly already has, with the efficiency that he already has, with his ability to work in the pocket, which is something that I think, frankly, has been a little bit underrated. With his ability to to master what Andy Reid is giving him, I don't know how you stop it. So for all the reasons that I think you can look at this defense and go, oh man... I don't want to overreact, but it seems plausible that this could be a problem for the long haul. You've got to look at this offense and be equally, if not more, optimistic about where that's going to go immediately after. So that's something I'm excited for, uh, obviously. Even while trying to, I'm trying to say, you know, Spagnuolo's got a lot to show. And again, I, two of the five and probably 
one one uh, of the guys that that are going to be most important for this defense weren't playing tonight, and and really even that first team run, and and really you can extend that to the majority of the top guys. Matthew had the scoop on the Dan Sorensen fumble. You got a minute of him. I'm I'm not going into panic mode on the defense. It wasn't great. It was our first look, and it wasn't what you wanted to see. But it's fine. And I think, ultimately, it's going to be fine. We're waiting on Andy Reid out at Arrowhead, and I'm afraid to take a call because I don't know. Is there any noise at all? Is there any noise coming from the room? A lot of talking from reporters in the room. So they are waiting on Andy Reid, and so are we. All right, Daniel, if you get cut off, it's going to be for Andy Reid. We'll go to Daniel, though, right now here on Sports Radio 810. What's up, Daniel? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. For sure. Um, Yeah, I was very encouraged um, with everything. Um, I was encouraged with uh, Dion Yelder. I was really encouraged with uh, Thompson. He looks mm-hmm. like a beast out there. But then again, you're playing against third-string guys, second- and third-string guys. But I think he's really going to have a part in the offense. I I don't know how. With, with Of course, with Williams not practicing, I think that guy's going to seize his moment. and He's going to get some type of playing time this season. And, the, and I agree with what you said. There's so much freaking speed mm-hmm. on the field. It is insane. And, you know, the Breland Breland – did, Breland did have a good play where he, he ran through a couple guys and um, – Pretty much leveled. Yes, leveled one of the wide receivers. That was good, but he did have the speed to make up that play. But like I said, I told I was sitting next to my uncle. I told him I said, "Yeah, but I mean, it looked like a good play, but the guy was open because of him." Right. So I mean, so everything with that. But I was encouraged, um, like you said, with passing you and uh, breathing speaks. We didn't see, we really didn't see our first defense, but we we semi did. So I'm encouraged going forward to see what Spags is going to do with everything. Because like you said, you, you, you've got a really good run stuffer and a tackler and Okafor, and then you got just another level of a human being and Frank Clark. So we'll see better when those guys get in there what it is. But I just my last point, that pass from Mahomes to Kelsey <laughs> on the sideline, yeah. you could not have thrown and caught that any better. If you go back and rewatch that, that defender – had no idea that the ball had even arrived. Yeah. He looked back when Kelsey had the ball and was running. That was that goes to show you that Mahomes has been working this offseason, and I'm really stoked for the season. Hey, man, I, and I just want to let you know I, I love your show and everything, man. Look forward to hearing more out of you from 7 to 10 on Almost Entirely Sports. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the plug, Daniel. Love that. That's a good call punctuated with the perfect exit. Uh, I mean, he's right. It's weeknights here on Sports Radio 810. I don't know what else you can ask for. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JB Briscoe we'll just while we're here. All right, we're here, and Andy Reid's on the way. I'll respond to what Daniel said, and we'll get to JT. If you want to call in 913-3810-810, I will circle back to a few things that Daniel touched on there. We're waiting on Andy Reid. We're going to just float around here. I'll tell you this on Darwin Thompson. He was going up against backups for sure, but you need to see domination from guys you expect to see roles from whenever they're going up against the backups. That's what you want to see from him, and I'm all about it. Agreed on Bashad Breeland in that play, and also being able to bust up that screen, and here goes Andy Reid out out at Arrowhead. Um, just to, as far as the injuries go, well, we just we had a couple. Um, Lovett, uh, his right shoulder uh, separated, and um, we'll just see how that how that is. They were able to put it back in. He was good. Um, Grayson uh, hurt his left knee. Uh, we'll 
we'll see how that is. It, he was able to keep playing for a while and then came out. Listen, I thought all in all it was a, um, it was a good performance by, by the young guys. I, I was proud of them and the effort that they gave, the execution. Uh, we got we got some things we can clean up. Uh, we'll do that. But um, I just thought all in all, both sides of the ball uh, was good. I was proud of uh, the defense and, and how they uh, stopped the run. And um, and then uh, the communication out there, I thought was was good on the defensive side. And then offensively, I thought you know you contribute the or you, you talk about the offensive line. I thought they all contributed. Uh, in the run and the pass game, and did a solid job. And the runners, receiver, I mean, all, all in all, it was good. I thought our kicking game, there was good execution on that. So, for that time, George. What was the goal for Patrick tonight? Obviously, he's going to score four passes, but it seemed like he, you got me one out of just what we're looking for. Yeah, uh, that's it. Just, it's just a different feeling when you got to get ready to play a game. Is different than camp, so get yourself prepared. Kind of feel that that little burn that, that you get in there, and and uh, competitive burn, and and um, where you got to raise it up a notch. And so, uh, and prep for you know prep for a game. So he he did all of that, and then we got him out of there. Coach Patrick's decision to not go out of bounds and uh, slide. Like, did that make That's why you take him out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, was the idea that? Right away. Do yeah. Kind of yeah, 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 both Hardman and Thompson, yeah, both of them, just to give an opportunity to show. Brett's done a nice job of bringing these young guys in, and we want to try to give them an opportunity to uh, to play, and, you know, it's it's important. It's That's that's an important thing as you go through the preseason that uh, you give the young guys an opportunity so you keep them and you don't give them to somebody else uh, when it comes down to cut down time. Coach, yeah, I thought both of them uh, did a nice job. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought they played they, they played well. I mean, all, all the way around. Um, uh, good communication on the back end, and uh, he's responsible, you know, for doing that, and um, and then tackled well. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, that's uh, I think Tom Brady said that. It is what it is. Coach, you know that you had a chance to go back and watch the film. But Josh Caldwell, his late run, the fact that he was Yeah, really yeah, well, yeah. Listen, uh, um, I, I I might have just taken a knee there, other than the kids from Kansas City. So I mean, he makes a huge run to get down there and. Um, I mean, you have to give him the ball, right? So give him an opportunity to get in. And local kid, he's a good football player. He's strong, strong lower body, good, great balance. You saw that on the big run. So he deserved it. He worked hard to get down there, so <laughs> we gave it to him. Remember with uh, Darwin Thompson specifically, at draft time, Brett said, you guys, what we're trying to trade up, you liked him so much. Was there some kind of validation by just seeing what yeah, so running backs, it's hard in, in camp because we only have a couple of days where we go live. And then you're in nine on seven, and nine on seven, everybody knows it's run. So the holes are pretty small. And um, and then you're not being tackled. So um, getting in a game, doing it in a game uh, is important for that position. When he got in, we were able to feed him the ball, and he did a nice job. 
running. And then he had the nice catch. You know, he, he's he's a viable receiver. So um, I thought all in all it was good. A couple more guys. Can you talk a little bit more about the defense? This is the first game, the first time they've actually never go 100 percent. You know, going after the quarterback and the offensive players. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a, uh, you know, they they got a couple little dink and dunk passes on that first drive, and then we tightened it up, and um, that was good to see. Uh, so when we go back, and you you, you don't want to start that way, you want to want to tighten it up right from the get go. Um, but the more they do this, the better feel they're going to have for this defense, and then that's how you grow in it. And and uh, and you saw that as the game went on, they. The guys kept getting better, so um, be good tape for them to watch, learn from. Go Adam and then Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll put him in the mix. Um, he's got a few years of experience, and um, you know, we'll, we'll look, we'll see how he see how he does. The last one, PJ, last guy I know without watching the tape, but Tony passing. You know, if you speak to his development, yeah, yeah. I think Tony loves getting that hand back in the dirt. Um, and we kind of brought him in to do that. We just he, he filled a role for us at the outside backer position. I think that was good for him for his career right down the road. Uh, but actually putting his hand in the ground and, and going. You're talking about six foot six and uh, 290 pounds, and he, he uh, he's got that length, the arm, long arms, and he's. I can't tell you how many batted balls he's had in practice. You know, up at camp there, and, and uh, you saw it tonight. I mean, you saw. Saw him pressure the quarterback, and then he did a nice job, I thought, on the run game. So he's been coming. Uh, Speaks, too. Speaks the same thing. Speaks had a good day today. So those young guys are coming, and that'll help us. All right. Thank you. Good. Thanks. That's Andy Reid out at Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Josh Abrisco. Uh, a couple of things there from Reid before we'll take a couple more calls here, 913-3810-810. Plus, we're going to get a bunch of audio from the locker room, Patrick Mahomes, McCole Hardman, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Darwin, Chom- Darwin Chompson. You know what? I like that. Darwin Chompson is a nickname now. It was a mistake, now it's a nickname. And Josh Caldwell, uh, we're expecting to hear from all of them out of the locker room. I'm going to keep calling him Darwin Chompson. But but two two or three things there leaped out to me from Andy Reid. Um, one was something that I was actually listening to to hopefully hear from some of these defensive guys. He said, he said the communication was good on the defensive side tonight. Didn't always look that way, especially in those plays I was mentioning that really caught my eye with Darren Lee and Reggie Ragland, uh, kind of having some space in between them that Andy Dalton found a couple times in that opening drive, three times actually. Um, Spagnolo talked about that this week. He, he said, you know, what we got to see out there is we got to have good communication right away. If they don't have that, we're probably not going to be ready for it week one. And I thought that was really interesting and really honest from Spagnuolo. So for Andy Reid to, to mention the communication kind of, I mean, without being prompted and certainly without being framed opposite that comment from Spagnuolo, I find interesting. And hopefully you're optimistic about that. He also mentioned that Tano Passigno, uh likes getting his hand back in the dirt, which made me laugh a little bit because... It was kind of voluntary by the Chiefs for him to take his hand out of it. He he should have been in, in a role similar to that even last year, I would argue, in, in, in Bob Sutton's system. Certainly, Breland Speaks was never a stand-up linebacker. Passigno, maybe you could have seen it a little bit. Speaks, I never did. But both of those guys being in as a, as a 4-3 in a base package, defensive end, makes way more sense. I, I So I very much understand why this looks better for those guys. It just... 
kind of makes me groan that they had to spend last year and pass you know, the last two years in a Bob Sutton defense. It didn't make sense for him. Draft picks, it didn't really make sense for defensive coordinator that didn't match him. I don't know. I digress. I, I don't want to spend... 20 minutes grumbling into this microphone about how Bob Sutton ruined the development of Tana Passigno and Braylon Speaks because I've already done probably hours of that over the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, there's there's my soapbox off to the side, push it under the table, keep it there for later on until something else about Tana Passigno comes up again. But th- those are a few takeaways there from Reed um, that I, I find pretty interesting. All coming to you live from Arrowhead. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. JT's been waiting on hold. What's up, JT? Hey, guys, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, hey, I just wanted to call in because um, I wanted to first off, you stole my thunder right there. I was going to uh, point out that I think uh, Spags is going to use the defensive players a lot more effectively yes. than what we've seen over the past few years. Yes. It's not nearly as, uh, what do you call it, static, I guess. Oh, yeah. Sutton just seemed to have, have one model, and that was it. So Absolutely. That'll be, that'll be great to see. Um, uh, the other thing is I, I think – for those of us who have been, you know, losing a lot of sleep lately, wondering how we were going to ever come up with a backup tight end, <laughs> we can now rest assured that we have some options, and I'm very happy to see that occur. Okay? Yes. That, that's, that's just going to be awesome. And and then uh, lastly, I, I would also like to say I uh, really enjoy your guys' show on the uh, AES there. Um, this is a good way to sign off phone calls. I like this trend. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I have a critique, though. I wish you would uh, take a call occasionally because uh, – you know, people over the age of 40 like me, we just uh, we don't exactly hit the uh, social media that often. All right. That, you know, you're not the first one to say that. And it's just honestly, I think it makes Beards' life harder because uh, he has to take phone calls. But I, I will tell Beards to suck it up every once in a while, and, and we'll make it happen. Trying to expand your demographic, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you, JT. Uh, tough but fair. Tough but fair. Uh, on the the backup tight end front, which is oh man, what a preseason thing to say. On a, on the backup tight end battle that we're all engrossed by, it is genuinely interesting because Dion Yelder and Blake Bell, John Lovett had a nice catch, got his shoulder hurt. Uh, I've already tweeted out immediately that that he's going to end up on the IR with a bruised hangnail or whatever, and you know it'll keep him on the roster under the Chiefs' control, and they'll try it all again next year. That's sort of my hunch on Lovett right now. Yeah, I don't know if he if he is actually hurt, that would be unfortunate. Um, and and I don't think this is the hangnail injury. Like you know, he you want to see him play throughout the preseason, but I imagine that's probably the end result for Lovett. Something on almost entirely sports week. That's here on Sports Radio Eight Ten. Listen, I didn't mention it. JT did. Um, we we me and Rudy have decided that we've claimed this stance and that this is our contribution to the human race. Andy Reid's gonna get the ball to the second tight end in the flat. Because for everything we just said about how much talent there is on this offense, I didn't even mention Sammy Watkins. I think he had all reception. Doesn't matter. Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey. You can throw Demarcus Robinson out there every once in a while. A backfield full of guys that we'll talk about that whole rotation very soon as well. You get all of that talent, and then the other dude on the field, if they, they did this, if he can straight up... Catch the ball when it hits him in the hands. They made this work last year with Demetrius Harris, who wasn't very good at the ball hitting his hands, holding onto it part. If if Dion Yelder or Blake Bell or John Lovett 
can hold on to the ball when it hits him in the hands. The ball is going to hit them in the hands plenty, and they are going to be open plenty, not because they are the most immensely talented tight end in the NFL, but because Andy Reid is planning it out, and everybody around him is a part of the most talented offense in the NFL. So I have very little anxiety about Dion Yelder versus Blake Bell versus John Lovett versus everybody else that you could claim down that, that depth chart. You can literally pull names out of this receiver group also. Um, I wanted to give uh, Nick Kaiser is the other guy who actually had some nice catches in camp that I've thought have been like noteworthy. He he had a few catches tonight as well. You can give me any of those dudes, and, and Andy Reid's going to find a way to get him a handful of catches throughout the season. It's going to be an, oh, my God, I forgot Nick Kaiser was on the team. Touchdown! Because that's just going to happen. Because he's going to be the guy that defenses either forget about or straight up say, hey, we're going to just pray to God they don't throw it to Nick Kaiser on this play or to Blake Bell or Dion Yelder or John Lovett, any of those creative players. We're going to pray they don't throw it to them because we need a safety on Travis Kelsey and on Tyree Kill, and we're already in single covers on Sammy Watkins and, and McCole Hardman. You know what? We're bleeped. That's what defenses are going to be saying about this offense this year, and that is unendingly exciting. That was that ended up being relatively true towards the end of last season, but last year there were injuries to worry about. Sammy Watkins was hurt, and you're doing it with Demarcus Robinson, and, and, and I, I just, I, man, I, I can't even put into words how much I can't wait to see this offense going up against actual defenses and actual games. We'll talk more about the running backs. We'll talk more about some playing time things that I caught on to. Uh, I'll talk about the pass interference review rule that we got a first taste of a little, tonight. I will tell you that taste was not delicious. A lot of different things that we can talk about over the course of the rest of the show. Plus, we're planning on hearing from uh, Patrick Mahomes, Nicole Hardman, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Darwin Thompson, and the local kid with a nice night tonight, Josh Caldwell. We'll hear from all of them and talk about everything else you could possibly want on the Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Welcome back into the Sports Radio 810 WHB Chiefs Post Game Show. Chiefs win the first preseason game. That part doesn't matter. A few things in it do matter, though. I'm Josh Briscoe, by the way. We're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes here in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's go out to Darren Smith, host of the ship here Thursday nights on Sports Radio 810 and also over on ESPN Kansas City from 11 to noon. Uh, Darren, tell me the most interesting thing that you saw out there on the field today. The most interesting thing that I saw tonight was Patrick Mahomes give everybody heartburn trying to uh, avoid <laughs> running out of bounds, but you know he got himself down before he got his head knocked off. Yeah, that was that was probably the most important play of the <laughs> night because we all know how it could have gone way exactly, worse. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, let's play this game then. What did you take more away from? How good the offense looked or how not so good the defense looked, first team exclusively? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I actually probably have a different point of view. I thought the defense looked good as the game wore on. Now, granted, you know, of course, you know, you're playing – uh, with the uh, you know players who are trying to make the team and things mm-hmm. like that, but the fact that they're learning uh, Spags uh, defense and the fact that they got a chance to run it at full speed against an opponent, you know, gives you you know gives you things to hold for. And, and again, with the first team, you know, you just didn't 
you didn't get enough time to look at it and see what they really do because I'm not sure whether or not this defense is built to hold a lead or come from behind. So that's what yeah. we're really going to have to see as it relates to the defense. The offense, though, I mean, we saw uh, McCall Harmon get a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now I was big in the pregame about Blake Bell. So Bell Dozer did, you know, he had a, he had a big night in my opinion. Yeah. And then also uh, you had, oh, gosh, what's, what's my guy's name, the uh, the running back, Darwin Thompson. Yeah. I mean, he, he showed out tonight. So all in all, you know, oh, and the rookies, Juan Thornhill and uh, Kalen Saunders, they got a lot of good reps. I asked Andy Reid about it after uh, uh, in the press conference, and, you know, he had high praises for all those involved. And he did mention the communication thing, which I thought was interesting, because out at training camp a couple days ago, Spags mentioned that the the communication was going to be maybe the most important thing out of the gate yep. here, where, again, like we, we didn't get to see much of the first team, and I agree with, with the idea that it got a little bit better as it went on, even as the level of competition changed. Also worth noting, no Frank Clark, no Alex Okafor, virtually no of the none of the main starters. We, we saw a little bit from Tyron Matthew, a little bit from the corners, but other than that, that front seven was pretty much emptied out really early on. So I think that that's a fair a takeaway to say that communication, if it did really look as good as Andy Reid said that it did in his eyes, that's a big win. Well, you know, and a couple things about that, you know, uh, Honey Badger left after what we thought was a was an interception, and yep. when it wasn't, they they just kept him out the rest of the they just kept him out the rest of the way. Uh, Damian Williams also did did not suit up a play yes. either, so they you know they, they they rested him as well. Now the thing, the one thing that I did take away was Breland Speaks played a lot in this game. He did. You know, so I'm not I'm not sure if he was if he was being punished or what, yeah. but he uh, he played a lot in the first half, even going into the second uh, second half. Some so, but all in all, I mean on this end, you know this is what should be expected. Now again. You got 38 points on the board, so you know the offense. Even you know, even when you get to second, third, and even fourth team, was still able to run and and score the ball, which you know bodes well for our team. And if you're going to give me a name that we haven't mentioned yet, if you're going to find somebody to say, all right, you know what, this guy showed me something, and it honestly could be good, bad, or the fact that he was playing late. Uh, like like you mentioned that the Breland speaks was we, we talked about Tano Pasino a little bit around here and and he was playing pretty late but looking pretty good speaks and Pasino both have those those late sacks at the very end of the first half but if there's a guy we haven't mentioned yet that you think's worthy of of mentioning here who is it? Well, since you done ran down the whole roster, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's, a, that's um, you know what that tough but fair. Yeah, that's uh, I'm gonna be honest. I got to go back to the rookies, man. I, you know, I was really looking at Saunders, number 99. Yeah. There were times where he was getting double teamed down there, and so that bode well for him. And, and what I like to see, again, I like seeing rookies and players who are trying to make the team in those, in those late-round mm-hmm. draft picks get the reps. You know, talking to Eric Bieniemy, um last week, last Sunday at the camp, you know, his thing is, you know, with the reps, you want to be able to put good tape together in case you don't make the team. But even those who might make the team, you just want to show that, that those reps are counting and they're counting towards something. And I just like the way that they played. You know, they, they didn't have to do too much, but they didn't make any mistakes. And, again, like like Andrew said, you know, Thornhill and Saunders, they, they both played well. So I'm real high on the rookies right now. The mm. Chiefs have always been able to draft well. And by doing that, you know, they're in the situation that they are now with they have to decide when they're going to pay Tyreek, Mahomes, and Chris Jones. All right, just got news that we have Patrick Mahomes' audio, so we'll, we'll get you out of here on this, Darren. Yes, uh, one thing to look forward to uh, in this next in this last week of training camp, I know we're both going to be up there for that whole thing, so uh, what, what are you keeping your eye out for in light of tonight's game? 
Uh, just just to see how the players, you know, come back from, from this first game, you know, to see whether or not there's, there's any chippiness, but also, you know, just to make sure that they just stay healthy the rest of the way, that they don't do anything to, you know, have any injuries tweaked or things like that. But all in all, I just expect not a light uh, end of training camp, but just, you know, something something just well, just well enough where they'll go into Pittsburgh, you know, ready to ready to get some, and get some hidden and knock somebody's block off. I appreciate it, Darren. Always good to chat with you. Anytime, my friend, anytime. Darren Smith, host of the ship, uh, 10 to midnight here, Thursdays on 810 and 11 to noon over on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. That's all good. And always good to talk to Darren. But we have Patrick Mahomes. Let's see what the Chiefs quarterback had to say after tonight's game here in Arrowhead. <laughs> Yeah, it's always it's always good to get out there, uh, especially with the crowd that we had tonight. I mean, it felt like, it felt like just a regular season game uh, to have that atmosphere and to go out there and have a great drive and score, and then the, the guys coming in, the young guys coming in and scoring too. I mean, put up 38 points, I believe. So I mean, just to kind of put up those numbers on a on a game like that with a lot of different groups was uh, good to see. Can you talk about that wheel route throw to to be tied in to see him healthy running and all that. Yeah, I mean, he, we, we, we worked at all, all all training camp all last year. I mean, he, it's him getting open versus man coverage, and I'm, I'm either trusting him that he's going to get open, I'm going to put it out there. And he made a great catch on the ball and kind of got the series going. Can you talk about the run, the decision you made not to go ahead with the defense? Yeah, uh, I was just kind of scrambling out, uh, trying to find someone open, and then I kind of cut back, and I, I saw the end zone, and I knew there was a ch- probably a good chance I could have got in there, but the guy was coming downhill pretty fast, so I decided to save it for the regular season. Coach said that they would be time to take you out when you get there. No, he didn't say anything to me, uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I know he knows. I mean, it's just a smart decision you make uh, uh, during the preseason. In the in the season, i probably go for it, but uh, right now we'll just k- keep it uh, slotted down there. Yeah, the camera's caught you smiling towards the bench with a thumbs up. Who was that directed to? I, I don't even know. Just kind of the whole coaching staff <laughs> in, in general. Uh, just just kind of smiling because uh, they kind of go back to They get on me sometimes about how the Chargers game, the first game of the year last year, I kind of got stood up at the goal line twice trying to get in there. So uh, just kind of joke, kind of inside joke type thing that we kind of have going on. McCole, McCole and Darwin both got in the end zone. Did they show on those runs why they were drafted so, so on? Yeah, I mean, you see the explosiveness. Uh, just uh, to get the ball on the open field and be able to make people miss, but also play with a, a lot of strength and run very hard. So, I mean, it's always good to see those young guys starting to really understand the offense, understand what the, what they have to do to, to have succeed in the offense, and then to play faster and faster each week. Mike Bell had a nice catch and did a good job once he got it. He was able to, to outrun the defense to the corner. What, what did you think about Mike? Yeah, I mean, Blake's a smart guy, uh, someone that's been in the league a long time. He knows he really understands uh, the offense fairly quickly, and so to have him out there and uh, get him the ball and see him make an uh, athletic play like that is good to see. Hey, you left pretty quickly. Uh, when Darwin Thompson got the game, what he did tonight kind of make you eager to, to get out yeah, the explosiveness that you see when he gets the ball in his hands, I mean, it's special. It's why he got drafted, and it's why he's had such a successful career so far. Uh, I mean, just the, him to be able to shake that defender in man-to-man coverage, catch the ball in a tough t- contested catch, and then and then make a run. And then also, even before that, just running in between the tackles. I mean, when you have a smaller back like that, I mean, I, he has a ton of muscle, but a smaller back for him to run in between the tackle and not rely just on his speed, I mean, that was great.
great to see. Who are your impressions on the call? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he works hard every single day, and when you got when you get out there and you work hard every single day, usually good things happen. And so you saw him make the break the run in before that. I thought he was gonna get in that time, but uh, he got it back in his hands and figured out a way to punch it in there. So definitely a special special thing for him and his family. I'm glad he got to do it in Arrowhead. Pat, for guys like McColl and Darwin, when they're that explosive and this young, is it as simple as just kind of getting them out of space, just be comfortable and do what they do best? Yeah, I mean, it's all about them understanding the offense. I mean, the talent's there, of course. You see it every single day. You see them go out there and make special plays, but you want them to understand exactly what they have to do each and every single play. And, uh, I mean, they're starting to pick it up faster and faster as, as it goes on. And I've seen it from Darwin and uh, McColl since the, the, the OTA started, of just kind of being out there at first and not really knowing what's going on and then not making that same mistake twice. And, I mean, when you get guys like that that learn and that are in their playbooks and that have that much talent, those are the special players in this league. What are you going to see? What's your impression on, on McColl when, when he had uh, a shovel pass for the touchdown? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's just someone who has a, a lot of talent. I mean, a, a ton of talent, and he works hard every single day. And so you just kind of have to get the ball in his hand, in, in his hand sometimes and uh, let, watch him work. And he went out there and ran it up there and got a touchdown. You got a few more breaths. Breath. You, you, you took a, not a late hit, but you got, you got a little kiss there by the dance. Is that good to get out of the way? Yeah, it, uh, that's the first thing I, I always say when the preseason comes around. I mean, you, you want to get that first hit. It kind of settles you in. Uh, you, you, you hopefully it's not a big one, and uh, so I kind of got a nice little push and, and fell down. It kind of got me back in the swing of things, and so I was glad to, that I kind of got that one and I can stay re- relatively clean after that. You got four more practices left. What do you want to see out of this team just to improve upon? You know, I know you want to play one drive. Yeah, I mean, just just going out every single day, practice, game, whatever it is, walk through, and just getting better. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Is it's a long process. I mean, you got three more preseason games and sixteen more regular season games, and then you got the playoffs, and so. It's not a it's not a one day fix. Not one thing you do each and every practice that's going to change the whole season. It's about that daily grind of getting better every single day. Patrick Mahomes heard of him out there at Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810. He mentions Darwin Thompson, McCool Hardman, and those being a couple of guys that aren't making the same mistakes twice. I, that phrase is something that that he used a lot throughout his uh, rookie season, a little bit, and then certainly a lot throughout training camp last year. You know, going into that season as a starter, obviously, that's that. Assuming that he he truly means that, you know, there's obviously no way to know how he acts differently than these two guys. But if that's the same mindset that these guys have, and that Thompson and Hardman are pulling it off in a way that clearly Patrick Mahomes was doing in his first year with a lot of playing time going into camp as a starter, that bodes really, really well. I, I've sort of attached to that that saying as well because I think that that especially Andy Reid's offense that's a good measurement for where you're at and where you're going both if McCole Hardman is truly you know going in step by step and in in getting acclimated with this offense as much as it seems like he has and as much as frankly he has said that he is which is something I've I've mentioned this a million times now but I've never heard a rookie in an Andy Reid offense sound quite this confident about not just his talent and his skill, but his understanding of what he's being asked to do in a number of different roles. He never looked out of place tonight. He never looked like he never looked confused tonight, and he got a lot of playing time with a couple different quarterbacks. I think he might have actually been on the field when Linton got out there at one point. He played with at least two, though, being Mahomes and, and, Sher- and well, Mahomes and Henny, and then maybe Shermer. Um, Henny was out there for like 45 seconds. I legitimately just forgot that Chad Henney played tonight. 
I think his job as the number two guy is safe because he played about as long as Mahomes did. Um, he never he never looked lost. Neither did Darwin Thompson. Both of those guys were exactly where they needed to be in a couple of different instances. And those those were relatively easy plays. Thompson had a, a lot after the catch, but but he was exactly where he needed to be with space in front of him up against the linebacker on his touchdown reception. McCall Hardman's touchdown reception was a, a six-inch pass that then he took around the edge with that blazing speed. I, I think Andy Reid essentially knows in most of those cases, and those two touchdowns specifically. Those are usually going for six. And... Whenever you can be in the right spot in an Andy Reid offense where he says, hey, just get in the right spot and you score, you have an extremely high ceiling. So uh, good things from Patrick Mahomes there about both of those rookies on the offensive side, and Darwin Thompson and McCole Hardman, guys that, that I hope to see a lot from. And we'll talk more about Thompson specifically as we go on. What do we have available here next? We've got a bunch coming from the locker room. We have Chris Jones. Let's go to him. I always like to hear from Chris Jones. Uh, not a lot from him tonight. Not a lot needed from him tonight. It's a preseason, but we get to hear from him after the game. That's good by me. Chris, how are you feeling so far in this new defense? Obviously, you missed some time with OTAs and minicamp, but how does it feel to get out there and actually practice the defense against another team? Man, it feels good. Just to be with my uh, my new teammates. Um, defense is completely different, man. We got a lot of new faces, uh, a lot of new players in different positions, so it's good. It's good. We gave up, what, 21 uh, rushing yards? It's not bad. You mentioned some of those new players in new positions. What do you think of the way that Tano played tonight? Um, you know what? I got to sit down and get that guy credit because the guy actually played on kickoff, kickoff return, field goal block, went out there on defense on base, played DN, in nickel, played three technique, and he did that for three quarters. And you know what? You got to sit back and actually get him a round of applause for the amount of work he just put in out there. I respect him. What does it mean to have him do that, especially after the last two years? He hasn't really had a spot on the field, and now it seems like he really fits in better with this defense. That's his value. That's his value. When you have a player that can do so much for you, for a team, his value goes up. He can go on kickoff. He can go on kickoff return. This guy can play field goal and field goal block. He can play defense. He can be a tight end on offense. Like, the guy can play anywhere. And a guy like that, he, that's why he's so valuable because he can do a lot of things. How are you feeling sliding in a little bit closer now in that deep tackle role? Listen, uh, I'm just um, just trying to manage things and uh, make sure I critique this defense at a high end and play at a high level. Not only play at a high level, encourage my teammates along the way. Bring the younger guys with me, you know what I mean? How do you think your guys' communication was? Obviously, it's a brand-new defense the first time that you guys are all together. A couple guys were missing. How do you think you guys were as opposed to maybe in years past? I mean, it was good. Communication is always key on defense, you know, uh, making sure everybody is on the same page. Um, but for the first preseason game, it was good. You know, we had a lot of fun. We had a, a lot of young, guy, young guys broadcast their talent tonight. And that's something we got to look at film we can build off of and get ready for the next, next week. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It's Chris Jones out there in Arrowhead. Um, obviously, the, the communication and getting acclimated to the defense are two of the biggest things, especially at this point 
in the off season now no longer really the off season but the preseason i guess officially tonight we can call it the preseason that's what this time is for and that's when you can start to get a feel for those specific aspects i will say that looking at the way that the communication and the understanding of the defense worked with bob sutton it legitimately seemed like the like specifically the linebackers and specifically anthony hitchens it seems like those guys weren't fully acclimated at the end of last season, like we've seen problems from from that defense for as long as it existed, and so while you know I don't I don't think that you want to call your team's defense simple, it needs to be comprehensible, and it, it sounds like that's the the place that the Chiefs are striving for right now. Um, I, I hope that that shows itself to be ultimately true. I'm not at all worried about Chris Jones getting kicked into the inside. Um, playing that defensive tackle role, I, I don't think that changes his life very much. He played in there quite a bit last year. So I, I'll take all of that for for what Chris Jones said it is at the moment, and we'll see whenever he gets you know some actual meaningful reps. Uh, Tyron Matthew was out there for long enough to make at least one little bit of a highlight, scooping up a fumble that, that Dan Sorensen scooped up and then put back on the ground. Let's hear what one of the new captains of the Chiefs had to say after the game. Get a turnover there early on? Nah, yeah, I was excited for a little bit. But, uh, nah, it was good. It was good to get out there with the, my teammates. Um, I only played a couple snaps, which I wasn't too happy about. But nevertheless, it was good to be out there. Was that the plan going in that you were only going to play a couple snaps and then broke Well, I, I, I wasn't sure. Uh, they had us down for a quarter, so whatever happens, you know, coach's decision. But, uh, yeah. How did you think the guys's, your guys' communication was on defense tonight, the few snaps that you were out there? good. Um, I thought everybody was flying around, even the second and third team. Um, I thought they played fast as well. Uh, had a couple of miscommunications they was able to capitalize off, but other than that, I thought everybody played hard. What did you see out of the young guys that were out there? What did you think of the one to get out there. Uh, I, mean, I was excited to see Herb Miller and you know, Rashad Finn and all those guys. felt like all of them played hard. They communicated well for the most part. How much more comfortable are you feeling now that you guys have a game under your belt in this new defense? It might not be the same stuff you're going to run in the regular season, but to get out there and actually see it and test it against another team. I mean, it, I, I mean it's a change up, you know, from you know going against our offense, but I mean, I feel like we got a long way to go. Um, you know, we just got to stay committed, stay focused, um, and then just keep, you know, rallying and, you know, making plays when we get the opportunity. What was going through your head when you took the field for the first time wearing the, the Chief Covers? Just excited um, to, you know, uh, obviously, you know, start fresh with a new team and, you know, uh, my teammates, were, they were into it and, you know, so for me it's just about going out, you know, playing hard, having a little swagger. Did that take you back to your Pop Warner days? You said that was the first team you ever played for was the Chiefs. Did that bring back some of those memories? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, like I said, I think overall I was just excited to, to obviously get in the stadium. Um, I'll be be more enthused that as I play more and you know get more snaps under my belt. Yeah, well, I guess you know coach's decision, uh, his discretion. So uh, I mean, I would have liked to have been out there a little bit more, but um, yeah, coach's call. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that first drive, Cincinnati's first drive? Well, I thought we played well. Uh, Fuller did a great job of, you know, punching at the ball, trying to get it out, and uh, you know, just pop right in my hand. All right, sorry, Matthew, after the game today, uh, mentioned a miscommunication. Gasp. I, everyone else said they communicated well. I don't even know what to believe anymore. 
clearly uh, very little to go off of. And one thing, you know, you heard him talk about there a couple of times that, that he only played a few plays. And we heard this from Andy Reid back on Thursday, I guess, in St. Joe, saying he goes by quarterback, but the first team was going to get the first quarter, second team was going to get the second quarter, third team, third quarter, fourth team, fourth quarter. Obviously, that's not how that completely plays out because there are guys that get blended in across teams. The quarterback situation was not even close to going that way. They got a a long look at Shermer and Litton both. I'm going to talk about them later on as well. But keeping those those uh, surprises, perhaps, in mind, clearly what, what Andy Reid's been doing for years now is, hey, we'll leave you out there until you can leave on a good note, essentially. So if Mahomes would have come in for that first drive, had two incompletions and, a, and then a pick on the third pass, I bet he comes back out for that second drive and, and finishes out that first quarter. There's no reason for that to happen for Tyron Matthew or Patrick Mahomes or whatever. So all of that, all of that notwithstanding, you get to hear from these guys. You get to see them out there for a second. Not surprised they weren't out there for longer. And if if Matthew or Chris Jones or or certainly Patrick Mahomes, if any of those guys would have gotten banged up on a, a second or third drive, we'd all be losing our minds right now. So that's all fine by me. Uh, we are going to do this three more times, which is really too bad. Because I would love to see all these guys play real meaningful football. I'd love to talk about real meaningful football, but we'll take this while we can. Um, let's take a break. Whenever we come back, we'll, t- we'll hear from Darwin Thompson, who this game I'm sure was meaningful for for a variety of reasons and, and, and for uh, a variety of spotlights that he got to hop into. We'll also still hear from Josh Caldwell, who certainly got a lot out of this game and uh, a very cool story there. Also, McCole Hardman? Question mark? Yes, I'm getting nodding. Uh, so we will get, what was your nickname? Was it your nickname Mean Mug? Were you Mean Mug? Mean Mug works. Um, I, your mic has not been on any of these times. They're just talking directly to me. Oh, your microphone is on now? Now yeah. people are hearing your dulcet tones? I might stick with Mean Mug. Can I just call you Mean Mug? I like Beards it. Beards is Beards McFly. He has a real Christian name that he was given. And we've demoted him to Beards McFly. DiMaggio is pretty good, though, also. Mean Mug DiMaggio. There it is. Change your Twitter handle. Boom. Go change your Twitter handle right now. I've gotten the confirmation from Mean Mug DiMaggio that uh, we have McCole Hardman, Darwin Thompson, and Josh Caldwell. You also have me, Josh Briscoe. You also have yourself, 913-388-10810. If, you want, if, you, if you'd like to hop in, we'll also hear a conversation with the broadcast, if you missed it earlier, uh, between Trent Green and Patrick Mahomes. Those are two Chiefs quarterbacks, so we'll play that at some point. We've got plenty of things to talk about here through the remainder of the Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Welcome back into the Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Joshua Briscoe with you this evening recapping the preseason action. Some things to take away, even though the game didn't count. This postgame show certainly does. Matters to me. And uh, hopefully it matters to you. We've also got a handful of uh, players that still hear from one of the guys that had the most interesting nights. Maybe you could argue one of the most important nights. Uh, has been the guy that we've talked about a lot around here. Also on evenings, just during weeknights here in Sports Radio 10, almost entirely sports. Usually it's 7 to 10 most weeknights here on 810. Uh, also you, can start some, you can get the podcast. Subscribe there wherever you want. Just search for almost entirely sports. Not that I needed to plug that or anything. 
We've been talking about McCole Hardman a lot. He spoke to us at training camp a few days back, and he he just seems immensely confident, not just in his own ability, but with where he's at in this offense. His role and his understanding of it and his understanding of the fact that his role is a lot of other roles altogether, which is different than it was in Georgia, and it's it's unique to Kansas City. We, we saw Tyreek Hill need some time to totally figure all of that out, and that's just that's one of the challenges for rookies coming into Andy Reid offenses, certainly for wide receivers. So Mahomes mentioning earlier that Hardman and Darwin Thompson have sort of taken on that don't repeat a mistake and you'll be fine uh, sort of standpoint uh, to, to understanding the spot is really encouraging. And we saw a couple of little snippets of what McCall Hardman could be doing in this offense going forward. He also spoke to the media in the locker room following the game. Let's hear from rookie wide receiver McCall Hardman. Run a lot out there in training camp, you know, it's just kind of execution out there for you. Yeah, just, you know, uh, getting back to the basics, you know. You know, we practiced all these plays before, and just go out there, you know, try to play comfortable and, and play fast and, you know, make things happen. How cool is it to see all the rookies out there perform? Oh, so man, well there, yeah. great. I love seeing all the boys play, you know, seeing how hard we work through training camp and just actually pull on the field, actually a game against other people. It was fun to watch, you know, you know, hopefully they do great, you know, do all this preseason. Nicole, what was it like in the moments before the game? How nervous were you and how exciting was it? Did you get a chance to meet the fans in the yeah, you know, I don't think we're nervous. I was just more have butterflies, you know, first game, you know, very excited, you know, just ready to get it going and, you know, ready for the first kickoff and just get my blood going. So, but it, it was fun. I had I had an awesome time. Talk about the first catch and you broke a tackle and made a positive play there. Oh, yeah, it was great. You know, uh, just first catch, get, getting it right, you know, trying to get all, get all the butterflies out and everything. But, no, it was fun, man. Just trying to go out there and play fast and, and do what I had to do. Take us through the touchdown. Um, they called my number and, um, you know, in this league, they call your number, you got made. <laughs> Take advantage of everything you get. You know, I just took advantage of it. You know, I seen the hole. I seen the crease. I just wanted to hit it and get in the zone. Well, how important is speed just in this offense with the jet sweeps, the motion? Guys like you and Darwin who are fast and do well in space. Everything is speed. You know, uh, Coach Coach Reed, Coach EB, they, they preach on it. You know, they say everything we do is do as fast as we can do it, you know. And um, and, and that's what we do in, in practice and, you know, it comes to the game. So try to just, you know, be as fast as you can on the field and, you know, and, and it translates. And he's right. That's McCool Hardman. Uh, the speed is everything here. Like you can you can win matchups in lots of ways in the NFL. And Andy Reid's really good at at creating matchup victories whenever they're not obvious. We saw Darwin Thompson on a linebacker touchdown. You see McCool Hardman on anybody who's not running a four four touchdown. Tyreek Hill on anybody who's not running a four four touchdown. Travis Kelsey on anybody touchdown because you're because the get the, the counter to Travis Kelsey doesn't exist right he, he's too big for for safeties and he's too fast for linebackers you have to have an alien in that spot and frankly for you know for a minute that was Eric Berry right you saw him a couple of times shut down tight ends and whenever he goes up against Gronk you still saw Gronk winning even when we're talking about a healthy Eric Berry uh, he won those matchups pretty frequently. This is the world that that Andy Reid has such a mastery of. And guys like McCall Hardman, under the, the hand of Andy Reid, are going to be able to be unbelievable weapons in the NFL. I I I don't want to be irrationally excited about Hardman by press conferences and training camp and some preseason action, because I think Dexter McCluster could have probably done that for me at some point 
but the difference is the role that they're going to be used in and the coaching staffs that are using them. That's tremendously important. And the the, the specific high-end speed of McCall Hardman changes things. He has a dominant trait and a specific role in this offense and a specific place when I expect him to be on the field, when I expect him to thrive. I don't expect him to have to be the number one or number two receiver anytime soon. But if if Sammy Watkins is healthy until week eight and then misses a couple of games and Hardman ends up being the number two at that point, I'm going to feel pretty good about it. His His acclimation with the offense, his growth seems to have happened very quickly and really soundly in a way that I'm I'm feeling good about from this offense's perspective. Hard not to feel good about the offense, though, because you're talking about dudes three spots down the depth chart having really nice games and having roles they're going to grow into in this offense. One of those guys is Darwin Thompson. He had a touchdown tonight, a nice night all around. I'll, I'll tell you where I think that running back room is going to shake out in a little bit. But let's hear from Darwin Thompson following tonight's game. And you had to do some work there, some guys to avoid, a little tackle to break and all that. At that point, I was just like, man, get going fast, like take off now. As like, soon as I caught the ball, I like lift your knees up, somebody's on your tail, get going, get in the end up. Things go about as well as you, you thought they they could tonight? I just, I, I proved a little bit. I proved that 5195, I can't play in the NFL, I can't break tackle. I can do the same thing I did in college, but let me build on top of that. That's not the best to me. I'm going to keep getting better every day. You just feel like you're getting in the rhythm more and more. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. When I first came in, I just wanted to run into something. Because I was like, let me get that Let me get that feeling out the way, that, that nerve out the way. And so uh, as, as things went on, it got a little easier. And it, I got my my groove, like my rhythm. And uh, see, I dropped the ball before that one. And that, that should have been a touchdown as well. But I dropped the ball. So I knew next time the ball came to me, I got to score. You ran over somebody. You jumped over somebody. I mean, yeah. that was <laughs> I was just feeling myself. I was feeling myself at that point. I, I gotta, I gotta show what I can do. I mean, a lot of people look up to me and are inspired by me, so I gotta keep proving myself, proving my work. You make it seem more that It was crazy. When I really, I didn't know it was coming to me, but as soon as I broke off the linebacker, I'm like, okay, this ball is coming to me. So I put my hands up, and it was in slow motion, and my eyes just got big. And so as soon as I caught it, I was like, get loose now. Like just start running as fast as you can. So I should have got vertical, but I scored. What were your nerves kind of like tonight for first NFL action? Nerves? I don't think I really had nerves. I was really more anxious just to go hit somebody in the mouth. Really, just I just I wanted to be on the first team kickoff because I just wanted to get it out of the way. Let me run down there as fast as I can. So the next time that I got on kickoff, where I think uh, kickoff return, I just got to hit somebody, and that's really all it was to it. It's just football at the end of the day. I mean, the O line and D line is what's bigger. You mentioned you feel like this offense is going to be playing for the game for the first time. Where do you feel like you can fit in this offense? What's it like playing in the game for so much time? It's definitely like a college-style offense. I mean, a lot of the RPO action, the, the gap schemes, the inside-out schemes, is really what I did in college all throughout junior college and um, actually D1. Uh, the only difference is the verbiage, the terminology. I mean, going in the huddles every time, but... 
We're, we're still an up-tempo. We break out the huddle fast. We just do everything fast, and I really feel like I fit into that. For a game like tonight, is it just as simple to get you a bit involved in the NFL, just to get you the ball in space and let things happen? Just see what I could do. I mean, they want to see if I can really play at this level. That's really it. That was what tonight was all about, see if I can catch the ball, if I could run between the tackles. I mean, 5'8", 195, I'm too small to be in the NFL. and uh, that, that, That's a stereotype. It's Darwin Thompson, the rookie running back, who had a nice night tonight there after the game at Narrowhead. Um, a couple of things with Darwin Thompson. First of all, I he's a he's a good dude to listen to talk. He's 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 given you an honest place from where he's coming from, where his mindset's at, and the differences between college and all the different levels he's he's played at in the various environments, and now getting here where everything moves faster, and that's all very very true. But he also seems like he's moving faster, and so the the question out of tonight, I think, is largely what is the role for him going forward, and. We haven't seen much at all from Damian Williams. He got hurt, you know, like I think it was the first day of training camp or something like that, and they're not bringing him back with any hustle there at all, and they shouldn't be because they paid him last year. They know what he can do. Andy Reid knows what he can do in this offense. Carlos Hyatt is a new addition. He's got some guaranteed money. If they were going to move on from him, which I've seen some people suggest, they'd still be paying him about half of that deal that they gave him. A little over a million dollars would still be on the books for him. It would save about a million dollars. Somebody said, oh, you know, pay pay Chris Jones with Carlos Hyde's money. You, you might as well pay Chris Jones with my money. Like, that's not really the same thing. Like, it's not, it doesn't help much. But Carlos Hyde has, I would say, a little bit of an underrated ability to catch passes out of the backfield. And I don't think he's going to be here next year. But he also adds a little bit of depth to a running back room where depth might be the most important thing it can be. Maybe that's second to fast, um, and maybe that's actually second to being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. But Carlos Hyde can catch passes. Darwin Thompson can catch passes. Damian Williams can catch passes. Daryl Williams has been in this offense now for you know a full year. I don't know if his skill set has the high-end that, that Thompson's does or that any of those other guys, other guys have. Uh, you also saw some from Josh Caldwell tonight, who we'll actually hear from here in a minute. Uh, they've now they've now added even more to that room, moving Traymond Smith from corner to running back, which is really about finding him a spot that's not special teams because they want him for special teams, but being able to you know have him be on one of the other units. I guess they thought there was a clearer path as a running back than in a, a corner. With the state of both of those positions, that's a little surprising to me, but whatever. Um, and maybe that's just doing him a favor to try to get him some running back tape for another team that wants to bring him on as a special teamer, and maybe that has a way more shallow running back room. And they, they could be doing that for Traymond Smith. I, I really don't know. But it's a really, really deep running back room. And so if they could undo the Carlos Hyde signing, knowing what they know now, maybe they would. I, I don't know. But I, I do believe pretty strongly that Andy Reid looks at this running back room and sees a few things. He sees Damian Williams right now is the guy that, that can do basically everything he's asking. And, and you can you have to consider pass blocking and all of this and being able to actually run the ball. But certainly it's catching the ball. I would argue that might be the more important thing for, yes, a running back. I know. Um, but for me, it's running after the catch behind the line of scrimmage frequently or out of the backfield often just as much as it's running 
just out of the hand of the quarterback. McCole Hardman took a handoff for a touchdown tonight. Like, that, it was a pass, but it was a handoff. I mean, it, it, the, the ball got tossed an inch out in front of him. I just got distracted by, uh, do you have ESPN on in there, DiMaggio? Why was the Brewers pitcher barfing? The Brewers pitcher was barfing on the field, and that was, you know, sometimes I think I'm a professional broadcaster, and then sometimes, oh, there's more barfing. Why are they showing so much barfing on Sports Center? What the hell is going on? We'll look away from that. Please find out what happened in that story and why there is barfing going on on a baseball field today. They just used the little trans the little uh headline on the transition that just said puke and rally. It's very good. Okay. Well, I'm going to look away from the television and continue talking about the football now. That was unendingly distracting. I'm not like an insta-barfer if I see someone else barf, but I don't love it. It's not my favorite. I'm not going to barf now on the radio. That would be bad. It would be pretty funny if someone heard me barf on the radio and then they barf wherever they're listening. A whole horrible train. But I've dodged it because I'm not going to. But I am going to look away from SportsCenter for a minute. So you can look at the whole running back room together. It certainly doesn't make me want to barf. I feel great looking at the running back room. And so you see, I, I, I still think Damian Williams, it's going to be a little bit of a running back by committee thing, right? But but we've heard Andy Reid say that, that you know Damian Williams is the, the, the guy. And that's fine. He's going to be the first guy. Then there's going to be some situational stuff. And maybe most importantly, there's going to be an opportunity for, for Damian Williams to not get a million touches. He doesn't have to do everything. And that's, that's for the best in 2019. They're probably going to have to cut someone competent. Tremont Smith might have a role. In, in, a, in a pinch on this team. Josh Caldwell might have a role on this team in, in a pinch. Darrell Williams might have a role on this team if they needed him there. They're probably going to cut at least two of those guys. Maybe all three of them that I just mentioned. Because Darwin Thompson's in, Damon Williams is in. I think Carlos Hyde makes the team still. But uh, you, you can expand that list. They're not going to carry more than four of those guys. Maybe they try to get Somebody on a practice squad? I don't know. But that room is deep in a way that is, like, tangible and is a good thing. It sucks for all of them because you can see a role for all of them being able to, to make an impact on this offense. But that running back room is really deep, and I think Andy Reid's going to use it really well. Um, let's hear from one of the guys who had a really nice night tonight, a local kid who gets a big run and a touchdown. Let's hear from running back Josh Caldwell to hear about how his NFL debut went in his mind. Did he say anything to you? Yeah, he said, great job. <laughs> you know, if he gives you a compliment, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it looked like the entire offense was pretty happy for you out there. Anybody else say anything to you? For sure. You know, the entire offense uh, line, you know, they congratulated me. You know, first string, second string, and the third string. All the running backs, you know, the coaches. Everybody was just happy for me. Did you get to see any of your family or friends coming off the field yet? Or? Yeah, I've seen my, um, you know, my twin brother and, and some of my friends. My mother and them, they're up in the club section, so I didn't get to really see them. Uh, but I plan on seeing him right after this. What did your brother say? Uh, he was just happy for me. He told me he loved me. He was just happy for me. And uh, he told me I should have scored on the first round. <laughs> I kind of knew what you meant when you said you were not supposed to be here. But can you elaborate on that, about the, the meaning of this? And, and that just uh, kind of out of body almost? Yeah, you know, um, I went through a tough situation, you know, my junior year. Um, 
you know, when I was at Missouri Western, had to go through a transfer and went transfer to Northwest Missouri State. Um, you know, coach there challenged me a lot. I was splitting carries, and you know, he told me this is gonna prepare you for the next level, which he did. And you know, I was able to win a you know championship at Northwest Missouri State. Uh, so it's just a blessing just to be here in this situation. What did you have any particular feeling go through your mind and body when you scored? Yeah, I was just happy, and I was just ready to get to the sideline and celebrate my teammates. And uh, it was just a great feeling. Thank you. Lee Summit Norse most talked about the school in Eastern Jackson County. Man, Jamar's got them going down there. Are you still yes, following the Broncos at all? For sure. You know, those guys are out here today uh, pretty game really? I went up and spoke to every single one of them. You know, Coach Mosey, he's a great guy. Uh, he has that program headed in the right direction. I can't wait to see what they do this year. It's Josh Caldwell. Again, a bunch of different local connections. You heard all three of them, I think, in there. Um but he, he gets the, the big run today, and you heard Andy Reid mention, you know, if he wasn't a Kansas City kid, maybe he just takes a knee down there, but you got to give him that, that handoff and give him a chance to score there, and Josh Caldwell did. It's one of the things that you can find in a preseason. You're watching until the end. They mentioned this on the broadcast, and, you know, every team probably gets a story like this every once in a while, but it's just it's just a nice thing to see happen for a guy that's clearly been working really hard and to get a chance on an NFL level, even at the very end of a preseason game, you get a really nice moment like that. It's hard not to smile uh, and, and to appreciate, you know, that that storyline. And, and hopefully hopefully a, a highlight or two like that gets him a chance at an organization that has a, a more shallow running back room. It feels like the running back position especially over the last, I mean, maybe decade. I, I feel like I could go back and name a fourth string running back from just about every season that's not quite made the team and then gotten a moment somewhere else. Jackie Battle. It's a weird, it's a weird ability that I think I have, but I, I feel like there are a handful of guys from that particular year. Anyway, a uh, cool story with Josh Caldwell. Nice to see him get a chance to score and get a little bit of a moment in the sun out at Arrowhead. And uh, we also heard a couple of things happen throughout the broadcast. Trent Green talked to Patrick Mahomes. We will hear that conversation, courtesy of uh, KCTV5 and the TV broadcast from tonight. Plus, there are still things I haven't talked about yet. We're going to go the two full hours for a preseason game, and I'm probably not going to talk about everything that I want to talk about. I can't imagine what the regular season is going to be like. Let's go for three. You know what? Let's go for three. Let's let's do it. Let's push it. Let's go here. You know what? We're going to be here till 4 a.m. Cancel your plans. During the regular season, we're just going to be here till the Border Patrol starts. 24-hour Chiefs pre- or post-game coverage? I don't think we can do 24 hours. Not for this. Eventually, I, eventually, my voice just blows out, like like a tire, like a pop tire, like a bike tire, because you're going to hear it. You're going to hear the little like a balloon that you just let go of shooting throughout the sky. Eventually, that happens. It's not going to happen in the first two hours, though. I promise you. We're going to have, we're going to, if there's a Sunday night football game, I mean, there are, but there's a Sunday night football game that goes, that goes a little long. It's really interesting. I might just, I might just sit here until Steven and Nate show up. Then we'll hand it over to you guys. We'll just go up the whole way through. I immediately regret offering to do that. Eventually, even I get tired. But not yet, dang it. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes and Trent Green whenever we come back here on Chiefs Post Game on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Welcome back into the Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Joshua Briscoe with the assists from DiMaggio and the other Josh on the other side of the glass. Thank you, guys. We're doing a radio show. So far, no fires, no buildings falling down, 
No one's cursed on the radio. Not yet. Tano Passino cursed on television, but that's not on us. So, so far, so good on on the maiden voyage for this particular trio. Are you guys doing this again next week? You know, next week, when when is the game next week? I mean, like, I should know this. Saturday. Another Saturday. You guys in here next well, Saturday? Let's do, thing? let's do this again. Someone's going to be here. I imagine it'll probably be the three of us. We'll find out about this time next week. I imagine that they'll have the same broadcast crew, Segway, on the uh, on the, the Channel 5 broadcast for the game, as it was today with Trent Green doing color commentary. Uh, late in the game, they start pulling people in for interviews, again, including Tano Passigno, who did say a word that we would have had to have bleeped, but, but it's fine. It wasn't that, there wasn't that much there anyway. Uh, but, but we got to hear two quarterbacks chatting, Trent Green and Patrick Mahomes. I found a... I, I looked into it. I think... Let me see if you know what we're gonna just play find this this stat again game. A good host would have uh would have saved this or left this tab open. My curiosity got me. You know, because you, you think of Trent Green as being one of the best quarterbacks the Chiefs have had, right? Rightfully so. He was here for um he started eighty eight games. All right. I mean that's a that's a big chunk and he was very good here. Clearly not a you know Chiefs first quarterback, but he's he spent the bulk of his career in Kansas City over six seasons. Patrick Mahomes is nearly halfway to having the same amount of touchdowns as Trent Green did. Patrick Mahomes has thrown for fifty touchdowns. Trent Green in Kansas City threw for hundred and eighteen. That is insane. Like, Mahomes is going to be at the halfway point there by week three, in all likelihood. That's the pace that he's on. It's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Trent Green chatted a little bit on the broadcast again today, again courtesy of KCTV5. Chatted with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Let's see where that talk went like. Talk went like? It's too late. Is it midnight yet? It's almost midnight. I can start losing my mind around midnight. Here's Trent Green and Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take a drink of water. Patrick, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. How y'all doing? Hey, I was uh, I was noticing on that last play when the penalty was thrown. What's the first thing you did? Uh, you did threw, the, your, you threw your hand over the head. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, he's all over it down there. Now he's officiating the game. He's out of it, and he's already got the call. Yeah, I'm trying to stay in it, uh, watch the defense work. They're doing a great job, and the offense. I mean, we're going out there and uh, putting up points. So I mean, it's been a it's been a good game so far. Talk about how you felt on that opening drive when you guys took it down the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I felt great. Uh, to get out there, make some throws, get the guys kind of rolling, run game, pass game. I thought it was a good drive to kind of start everything off. Well, it's a great when you all of a sudden you get Kelsey on a shoot play and you hand it off to him right over the outside shoulder. Did you see the defender didn't, had no idea where the football was. So excellent throw. The, the play that I liked on the drive, though, and we're going to talk right over the official. The play that I liked on that drive, you scramble outside the pocket. You look like you're about to dive for the end zone. And then at the last second, you turn and you slide and you give a little Tuckle and a thumbs up over to the sideline. Yeah, uh, I definitely uh, kind of scrambled out. was looking for someone to throw to and made a cut back. And uh, I kind of saw, I was like, I can get in the end zone. And uh, saw one of those linebackers coming pretty hard downhill and decided that I was going to try to get a little running, uh, running back and touchdown. And I wasn't going to take that chance of diving and taking that hit. So so let me ask, regular season? Oh, yeah, 100%. Regular season, <laughs> that's the first thing I said to everyone on the, the sideline was, regular season, I dive in there, take that hit, and get that touchdown. Exactly, exactly. Well, what, what's the uh, what's the part of camp? Who, who has jumped out to you in, 
in terms of we- weapons. We just saw Thompson, the burst of speed he showed when he got his hands on the ball. Hardman earlier when they flipped it to him underneath, he gets into the end zone with his speed. Who's jumping out to you with some of these young guys in the speed? Yeah, I mean, you, you just said it. I mean, to see what the guys are doing when they get the ball in their hand, uh, I mean, it really it really is special, the, the type of speed and the, the type of power that, that these young guys are running with. And as you get this offense down, you can go out there and just play fast. And I mean, what we talked about it when we came into this game is go out there and do what got you here. Go out there and play fast. I mean, you, you got everything installed and you're seeing 25-17 and some of these young guys do that today. What can the fans of Kansas City expect out of you this season and expect out of this Chiefs team? I know you put up unbelievable MVP numbers a year ago and I know you don't like talking about numbers, but just talk about your leadership, how this team has grown, how you've grown, and really what the expectations are in the bar that you've set for this team. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of experience last year. I mean, we, we played in a lot of big games. We won some, we lost some. And so when you when you learn from those games, you see what you got to do to be a great football team. And so for us this year, it's all about just taking that next step. It's all about going out every single day and, and doing whatever it takes to, to find a way to win the game on Sunday. And so I'm excited for the, uh, the season coming ahead. The guys have their head on the right way, and we're going to go out there and fight every single week. Talk about the evolution of Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator and Mike Kafka as quarterback coach. You work with them countless hours. Andy Reid, I know you're with a lot as well, but those two guys, you, you really are with quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, those guys never leave the, uh, they never, hold on, uh, yeah, got, those guys never leave the, the office. I mean, they're in there all day long, all summer long. They're trying to be the best. They're trying to be the best in every aspect of the game, and so I respect I respect those two guys, uh, I mean, the most, the most you can respect anyone, and then they give me the opportunity to put my input in as well, and so we have a great relationship uh, that we go out there, and we, we game plan every single week, and uh, we're going to try to go out there and be the best offense we can be. Well, I'm going to have this as the last question because I'm afraid uh, Ted and the rest of the media staff are going to get mad at me. I'll keep you on here the rest of the game. We can talk <laughs> football the rest of the game. I, I love, I love this. I love this. So tell me how your how your role has evolved. You, you talked about getting in there and game planning and being a part of those decision making. How has that evolved from last season to this season and and, and how Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka, how they're, they're listening to your input more and more because of the success you've had? Yeah, I mean just, just being able to see so many coverages that we saw last year. I really got an understanding for what, what works and what we're looking for. And as I go into those meetings with Coach Bienemy, with Coach Kafka, and with Coach Reed, they show me exactly why they're putting these plays in. And it's a, it gives me uh, input that where I can go out there and put my input in and show them what I think will work and what I think we, we can do to exploit these defenses. And so as I, as I learn more, as I see more and more stuff, I'm sure I'll be able to add more and more. But uh, I'm lucky to have the, those three guys and the rest of this coaching staff around me to help me out every single week. Hey, Patrick, you're the best. I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll let you get back to the game, back to your teammates. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's Patrick Mahomes and Trent Green on KCTV 5 during the game earlier tonight. But this is Sports Radio 810 WHP, Kansas City. Said I was going to get a verbal ID in. That accidentally ended up being one. We can play one now because we're still going to take a break whenever we come back. Uh, a few more storylines we can chat about. Also, another call, maybe one last call for calls, 913-3810-810. Or you can text us at 913-912-4810. If you are perhaps too drunk to feel confident in your phone calling abilities, I would urge 913-912-4810. It's really handy. I think you should go that direction. You can also tweet in uh, at Sports Radio 810. I'll see it at JB Briscoe. I'll see it and really appreciate it. We also got a text earlier um, whenever I called Darwin Thompson, Darwin Chompson, which, again, I do feel good about. Suggestion from uh, from the, the Twitter line, Darwin Chompson. He's got lots of options. 
The reason that Darwin Chompson is better than Darwin Chopson is that I said the first one by accident, and it's all been saving face since then. That's my secret. Self-preservation. All right, well, take your calls if you want. Take your texts if you want. Talk a little more Chiefs if you want it or not. Whenever we come back here on Sports Radio 810. Welcome back into the Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I am Joshua Briscoe here with you for a little while longer. Talking about some more stuff from the uh, first preseason game with the Chiefs tonight. If you'd like to talk about it, 913-3810-810. And Thomas has taken us up on that particular offer. What's up, Thomas? What did you see tonight? Thomas. Oh, no. Have we lost? Thomas, are you there? Or okay? I don't hear anything. We're going to put Thomas on hold again and see if we can figure that out. I want to give Thomas a fair shake, but it was like dead silent. Like his phone was on mute. All right, Thomas, you got, yeah, I mean, in five seconds, we're going to try one more time. Just make sure your phone's not on mute. Five, four, three, two. Back to Thomas. Thomas, what's up? Yeah, hello? Oh, we got you. It worked. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> Been here the whole time, man. I was just going to ask you what you thought about Josh Caldwell tonight. He was running over everybody at the end of the game. I know they were a bunch of uh, camp bodies from Cleveland, but right. I was wondering what you guys thought. His contact balance looked awesome. Yeah, I like the contact balance phrase because I actually meant to mention that about Darwin Thompson earlier. He looked like a guy who belonged out there. It's just really hard to judge whenever you're going up against, like you said, the camp bodies for somebody else whenever you're running in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. So he did look like a guy who you could see making an NFL roster and then trying to work his way up it. Like that's, especially the running back position, especially in 2019, that's the type of guy you like to see in that spot. And, And it's a position group that you see some upward mobility in. I just, I just can't see him. Clearly, I think Damian Williams is the one here. Carlos Hyde, I still think, was brought in for a reason. They, they spin the draft pick on Darwin Thompson. Darrell Williams was here last year. They're trying to find a spot for Traymond Smith. It's just a really tough organization for him to be in right now with the depth chart being that deep. Yeah, Traymond Smith did not look good tonight, though. I know he's got a lot of speed, and they <laughs> yeah. want speed on the field. He's a great kick returner, but we've got a ton of kick returners. We've right. Got- McCall Hartman looked amazing. He ran it almost to the 50 tonight. I just I just thought Josh Codwell looked almost like, I hate to say this, but like Cream Hunt a little bit. And yeah. he punched it in, and he ran it down the field. He got hit. He kept going, and then he ran it in for a touchdown. I thought, man, if we could bring him in as our third or fourth back. Daryl Williams is great, but I just, I just thought, uh, you know, this kid's not going to cost us anything, and he's yeah. great to have around. But that was just my opinion. Thomas, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging on, <laughs> whatever was happening. I'm glad we made it through. Because so here's the thing on that. like I, I do think that Caldwell's going to keep getting a little bit of a look throughout the rest of the preseason. I would I would still put my money on him ultimately not making this roster and, and probably being one of the earlier rounds of cutdowns. I would say, though, to, to Thomas's point, right, Traymond Smith, I also would say right now, probably doesn't make the team. Dave Tobe gets a couple of guys every year. Says, hey, listen here. This guy I need. And it's been Demetrius Harris, which is one of the reasons we talked about that tight end two battle a little bit. Those guys are are fighting over a spot there, but a huge part of that role is is what they can do on special teams and, and, and where it is that they fit throughout that entire unit. To again to kind of circle back on, on Traymond Smith. I think they want McCool Hardman to be returning punts, but he's gotta make sure he can catch him. Returning kicks is is 
often a little bit of a different battle, and you saw them work through a few different guys there. It was not all Traymond Smith all night. I thought that was worth keeping an eye on. So, again, the Traymond Smith thing, I laugh whenever Thomas said that, uh, that Smith didn't look great tonight as a running back. I chuckled because he's not a running back. <laughs> like, of course. Like, why would he have expected anything else? Like, oh, you know what, man? Yeah, Traymond Smith just didn't look like a running back back there. No reason. He, he looked like a corner playing running back. Oh, yeah, he that's, that's what he is. It was a it was a sort of strange move where I, I mentioned this earlier, and I know you know there are three people in the universe that have listened to every second of this show tonight, and we're all three in this room. But it's, I mentioned this towards the beginning. But like, if if they thought if they thought Traymond Smith had an extensive future as a running back in the league, I'd be really surprised. I think it's largely them trying to find a way they can afford to keep him for special teams. But we see a lot of other talented return men here. They love speed, but they've got quite a bit of it. And all of these guys, this is the thing you always have to keep in mind. And so this can be for Tremont Smith. This can be for Josh Caldwell. Whenever you have those guys that you don't expect to make the team and then you try to start finding a spot for them, and it, and I'm happy to try to do that, and I'm probably going to find some guys like, oh, man, I'd hate to see them cut that guy. All right? If they don't cut that guy, who do they let go? And if you, if they would have given all of those Josh Caldwell carries to Darrell Williams tonight, I'm guessing we'd be saying really nice things about Darrell Williams right now. And Caldwell especially has the local connection that makes him really easy to root for. And especially from our perspectives as fans or more people sitting here talking about talking about it from a local perspective, it's really easy to buy into that in a way that, like, is, is not harmful at all. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Like, that's why I care about Josh Caldwell a little bit more than I would for a, a random, you know, fifth or sixth running back on a given team. I just think that Damien Williams is the guy here, right? Carlos Hyde is an established NFL running back that I think I think Andy Reid is going to find has already found his spot for, honestly, because I don't think you make that move otherwise. Darwin Thompson. You, you actually invest in, in a way that you haven't for the other guys. Now, again, Darrell Williams was, was pretty much this dude last season. Undrafted, but could have been drafted. Not going to start, but you think you've got a spot for him, all of that. This is just a this is just kind of the way that tends to go. Who was the other guy with Jackie Battle? I've been trying to remember his name now for like for like 30 minutes. Jackie Battle and somebody else was competing for basically the same running back spot. I I don't even know what year that was. I don't even know how to I don't even know how to Google that. No, he ended up back on the Titans for a while. That's not really what I needed. I don't really need Jackie Battle specifics. I need the other guy. If you know the other guy who was oh man, he had a yeah, on the tip of my tongue. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you know the other guy that was on uh, the running back that was competing for a spot with Jackie Battle during that one preseason. Or you can text it at 913-912-4810. Oh, this is hurtful. Oh, who was This it? guy just said he got off work, didn't watch any of the game, would like you to give a 50-second synopsis of what happened in this game. A 50 or 15? 50. 50? Okay, what, I don't have a name on the Ryan. phone thing. Ryan, you, you're at, okay, I, I got to recap this game for you in a minute. Josh, it's Ryan. Hey. Oh, hi, Ryan. Hey. <laughs> you need to have a code word. I know this, Ryan. Ryan, this is Ryan from the Amateur Hour Chiefs podcast. Is that, does that exist still, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, 
I've got, I'm taking 15 hours this fall, and it's going to be, like, really tough to try to find time to do it. So, I don't know. Ryan's Dirk a hardworking like boy. Had, Dirk, Dirk and I have, like, had talks, but we haven't really decided. Because, like, I don't know, man. I mean, we've been doing it for eight years. Yeah, like, do it for a night. Cowards. Like You're gonna win the, hey, Ryan, the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl this year. Do the damn podcast. I, right, right. Um, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't have DVR. I was trying to get people to give me like a game pass password today and no one seemed to want to do that. I'm sorry. So I could try to watch it tomorrow. So I just figured if, if I could get like a quick synopsis, what was notable. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. Um, I don't know where the, how long are you still on the air? What time do you guys go off? I don't know. We'll probably wrap it up in 10 minutes or so. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So. I, can we set a timer or something? I'm going to pull up a timer. We have a shot clock, but it's only 24 seconds, and I don't know where that is to tell DiMaggio you where to, to find it. You don't have to fit in any sort of time parameter. I think that the bit is funny if I have to do it in 50 seconds. So okay. I'm, I'm going to set a timer here for 50 seconds uh, and hopefully turn my ringer on. Okay, here we go. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a living god walking among all of us right now, and the offense is extremely good and is going to continue to look extremely good. McCole Hardman is going to be a bigger part of this offense than I thought. I thought he was going to be whenever he got drafted. Tyreek Hill situation notwithstanding. Defense didn't look very good, but they didn't get to start most of the guys. I mean, like Chris Jones played for 45 seconds. Tyron Matthew played for 45 seconds. There was no Alex Okafor or uh, Frank Clark, so I'm not holding too much over all of that. It's really about being able to communicate. Andy Reid mentioned they thought they communicated well. Tyron Matthew thought maybe they didn't communicate all the well. That's all fine and good. Kyle Schirmer got the run over Chase Litton as the third quarterback. Chad Henney barely played at all. I thought Litton actually looked better. Josh Caldwell scored. That's a nice local story. I thought Darwin Thompson looked very, very good. Uh, I think I covered most of those important things there. A lot of the other sort of sub-storylines about, like, oh, Tana Passino and Breland Speaks each got a sack right before halftime. That was pretty exciting. For the most part, I leave it everyone healthy, and I'm fine with all of that. John Lovett did get hurt in that 50 seconds. Man, great job. Josh. Thank you very much. You can't curse. Oh, sorry. I dumped it, I think. Did you dump it? Did you hit the dump button? Dimaggio, Dimaggio didn't even catch it. Did it dump? You got to hit the dump. That's too late. Well, you either cursed or I got the. I hit the dump button immediately. So you're now in trouble to the dungeon sorry, with you, I Ryan. I, I didn't even know if I was like on the air or if we were just like having uh, a man-to-man conversation during the commercial break. No, so, it was, it were, it, I mean, it was live until I had the dump button, and then now we're live three and a half seconds late. Oh, okay. Well, I'm very sorry. I hope that if there were any children in the car, like traveling home to Des Moines, uh, please forgive me. That was totally not my intention. I, I genuinely thought that we weren't on the air. Like, I have etiquette. I actually <laughs> This is the thing about, as you're explaining, like, if you guys were still doing the podcast, I was like, I don't know. I mean, listen, man, like, I'm happy that you want to talk about it, but it does seem like kind of a weird platform to have this conversation at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I, it's, it's whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ryan. Right. Thank, Thanks, Josh. Thank, thank you. It's good radio right there. I'm genuinely curious. If you, so if you look at the lights to your right there, DiMaggio, there are red lights lit up, right? Are any of those red lights not lit up? Do you see what I'm saying there? There's like those red lights. And they're all lit up. Mm, that's not great. I hit the dump button. On my side, but I don't know if it works. So, and I have no clue what I'm doing. So. <laughs> I thought the dump button meant something else. That's like day one stuff. Who trained you? 
Was it me? I think I would have told you about the dump button. It was Jake Pounders. I'm not going to blame him. He definitely knows about the dump button, though. Oh, he definitely knows. That doesn't mean he told me about it. What's the last interview that we haven't played yet? We have BJ Kissel with um, Nicole Hardman. How long is that? Two minutes, ten seconds. All right, in these next two minutes and ten seconds, you're going to hear BJ Kissel talking to Nicole Hardman from the broadcast tonight, courtesy of KCTV5, and I'm going to go into the control room right now and show these guys where the dump button is. Thanks, guys. Down here is one of the stars for the Chiefs offense tonight, and rookie receiver McCole Hardman. McCole, first time in an NFL jersey on an NFL field. I know it's just the preseason, but how did it feel when you ran out that tunnel and you got out there and got the ball in your hands? I feel good, man. I was like, dang, I'm out here for real. You know, first NFL game, like you said, it's the preseason, but it's just good to get out here and get my feet wet and um, just get prepared for the regular season, but it, it felt great. You've been talking about your speed every day up at training camp, and everybody's starting to see it and starting to see it, and then you go out, you get the touchdown. Can you just walk us through that? play, what you saw, what your read was, and how it felt when you crossed the white line. Yeah, they called in the huddle. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my chance to score right here, you know? And uh, But now nah, when I caught the ball, man, uh, got a pitch, and, you know, I seen, I seen it open up. I seen the scene. I just said, let's hit it, get in the end zone. Um, so I got in there, man, and it felt good, you know? So hopefully that's a uh, minute more to come after that. There's a lot of headlines made about what the Chiefs offense was able to do last year with Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, D-Rob, Damian Williams, all these guys see what you were doing up at training camp just what's it like for you stepping into that room knowing what you bring to the table and what these guys can already do oh yeah man i, I think i can add, I add valuable a valuable asset to the offense i think I, you know if i can get with pat you know get the chemistry right would be good I mean, i'm just trying to do my part play my role um, i ain't trying to be superman do whatever i gotta do to help the team win and um i mean they picked me for a reason so i'm just here to do my job you know, between what, how you felt mentally at rookie minicamp and then at OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and now training camp, how much more comfortable are you with the offense and everything? Because I know Coach Reed puts a lot on you guys. Just how much more comfortable are you in what you're being asked to do from play to play? Oh, yeah, very, very comfortable. I think rookie minicamp, it was still getting adjusted to, you know, the speed of play, the, the play calling, hitting out the quarterback mouth. And now it's more of like go out there and play, you know. And uh, So I think I ain't getting a lot of trust from the coaches. I still got a lot of improvement to do. But for, for, uh, for rookie Right now, I think I made a tremendous uh, improvement, and the coaches have seen it. I think they trust me uh, a little bit more now, and uh, now they got to keep building their trust and going to uh, keep it into the regular season. All right, tremendous debut for rookie McCole Hardman. Hopefully, just a sign of things to come, McCole. We appreciate your time. Hey, Bowman, Georgia, we here, baby. Yes, sir. It's McCole Hardman talking to BJ Kissel. I'm still laughing because I'm. <laughs> so, thank. Uh, Derek tweeted it and said the dump button didn't work. All right, well. Probably should tell somebody about the dump button in the studio not working. I was on it, man. I really was. I've, I felt it coming. Anyway, Ryan just texted me. He, Ryan and Dirk, they do the Amateur Hour Chiefs podcast. We're cursing is allowed, but it's a podcast. They have filled in on almost entirely sports on ESPN Kansas City before. I think twice. They came in and did a radio show. He knows the rules. Sorry about the curse. Had no idea I was on the air. What What did you tell him, Dimaggio, when you answered? Did you say, hi, this is Josh's personal phone that you've called at 913-3810-810? I said Sports Radio 810, WHB. <laughs> What's going on? I think I said, like, we'll go live now to Ryan. Ryan, you're on 810. I guess, I. you know what? I probably didn't say, Ryan, you're on 810. I think I said, Ryan, what's up? 
or something. So yeah, it's all but your then fault. he clarified, he's like, "Hi, this is Ryan." Like, "Oh, it's Ryan of the Amateur Hour Chiefs podcast that might still exist." What's our? Uh, I mean, I think we just probably hit our two-hour mark here on the uh, Chiefs Post Game Show on Sports Radio and WHB. One one hour fifty-five minutes. I think to push this show any further would be disingenuous and, frankly, a threat to all FCC violations currently uh, hovering around the head of the show. So let's go ahead and call this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen. There you have it, folks. A fitting end. That was our fourth quarter. That, that, the fourth quarter right there, whenever you're really not sure if you should still be watching the preseason game or not. Uh, that's what just happened. That was the, we should have taken, we're, you know, we're just taking a knee. We're just kneeing out the last few minutes of this show here on Sports Radio 810. It's the Chiefs Post Game Show. I'm Joshua Briscoe. If you've enjoyed my unique brand of not being able to dump. <laughs> Curses on the radio. Uh, you can hear me weeknights here on Sports Radio 810 with Almost Entirely Sports. And uh, you can grab the podcast. Sometimes the hours move, and during football season, there's less shows and all of that. So you can uh, just subscribe to Almost Entirely Sports wherever you get your podcasts. I'd really appreciate it. And, of course, you can you can also get them through the Sports Radio 810 mobile app or at 810whb.com, along with all the other great shows that we put out here on 810. We're also going to put up this show. So if you missed any of it, if you missed any of the uh, interviews or any of the audio out of the locker room, we heard Andy Reid live. Um, then also heard from Patrick Mahomes, Nicole Hardman, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Darwin Thompson, and Josh Caldwell. If you missed any of that and you're bummed about it, give us like 10 minutes. And then you can go to 810whb.com, uh, hit up the additional programming section, and you'll get the postgame show uh, for this uh, this riveting Week one of the preseason. I say that sort of sarcastically, but I also kind of mean it. It was genuinely interesting all throughout, all throughout four quarters. Somehow, whatever it was that happened out there tonight, I'm sure glad that it did. Again, I'm Josh Briscoe. Thanks to DiMaggio and the other Josh for uh, keeping us rolling. Thanks to Ryan for absolutely nothing. We'll talk to you again next week here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Bye, Mom. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. 